Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, guys. It is Tuesday. It is time for an episode of Building the Broncos, and we are nine days from the draft. Ten days, less than or almost a week nine, from the nine draft. Days. Nine days. Yep. Uh, from the NFL drafts, so only two more. Building the Broncos until we are building the Broncos through the draft. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, good friend and co-host Carl Dumler. Carl, good to see you. Sorry about my uh, complaining about work earlier. How, how you doing? Good mood I'm, now. I'm good, man. You know, I, I had a day with my youngest son. He didn't have school today, so I mm. just spent the entire morning and afternoon with him. Had a good supper, and uh, so and and now getting to be with all of you vine folk out there. So it's 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 a good day for me. I've I've had kind of a relaxing day after this last week. You know, work for me was kind of a little crazy last week for for some reason, and uh, so I kind of t- decided today's going to be a relaxing day and get to end it on a really high note with you guys. Oh man, Carl, a relaxing day ending on a high note. Mm-hmm. You starting the tomorrow's holiday early? Is that what's going? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> careful, I'm gonna get Carl in trouble in here. Let's say hello to some people joining in the chat here. We got Bradley Conger. What's up, Broncos country? Hello, Bradley. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we also got Paul coming in here. Paul, good to see you. Hit that like button as you enter. Nick and Carl are the best. Good evening, Broncos country. Let's ride. Good to see you, Paul. We also got Dylan Von Arks in the house. Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. We got a like coming in right there from Greg Smith. God bless you, Greg Ooh. Smith. Good to see you. Mike S coming in here. What's up, Broncos country? Thank you so much, Mike. What's up with you? Hope you're doing well. Uh, we got Jay Kozad coming in saying Draymond is another one of the guys where it's a make or break, make or break this year. Uh, let's get right into that. What, what do you think about that? Make or break for Draymond? Cause as far I, as I can tell, watching the tape, I think he's already made it. Made it, yeah. Um, but uh, maybe make or break as far as the make or break for him is very interesting because I think he's in a realm where I'm not concerned about his level of play. I'm more thinking like he could have such a good year this year where he's beyond the Broncos' budget for re-signing him uh, after this season. Right. See, I, I think the bigger problem for him has been he's been on a terrible team. Yeah. So he hasn't gotten the recognition. Yeah. You look at a lot of any of the statistics when it comes to an interior defensive line pressure rate, he's up there in the top 10, uh, you know, getting in the backfield, run stopping ability, all of those things. He's pretty much right there in the top 10, top 12 guys in the league for interior defensive line, but nobody talks about him mm-hmm. because the Broncos aren't very good. Yep. And so this year with the Broncos, most likely being very good fingers crossed, obviously. Yeah. Knock on some wood here, people. Uh, he, he should get his name out there a lot more. And once that happens, you're right. That contract becomes kind of a scary thing. Can you pay him top 10 interior defensive line money on top of paying Russell Wilson top five quarterback money? And you got all these other guys that you're going to have to be starting to look at as well. I mean, Bradley Chubb's going to be coming up for a contract. And so some of these guys, I mean, if they have big years, it's going to be tough to figure out how are we going to do this? Yeah, he's really good. I mean, you know, we've been spreading Draymond Jones propaganda on this show since he came he was drafted even but especially over the last couple seasons a guy who more of a one gapping kind of guy with his body on this 280 285 which is pretty light for an interior defensive line and moving on from Shelby Harris there was a little bit of concern for me for Draymond Jones just because you do want a little bit more of a lengthy hulking kind of guy who can do some gap and a half or a two gapping technique opposite of him in a four-man front kind of thing so you have DJ Jones. I think you probably could still bring another guy who's more hulking length, you know, like a Travis Jones would be money for somebody like Draymond Jones to help him a lot, but uh, he's a really good player. I would not say it's make or break this season. And I really enjoyed his interview as well. He's funny, but he's also just like a little bit scary. I know people keep asking, you know, who are the dogs on the defense? Who are these guys? Draymond Jones seems like a little bit like a dog to me. I, uh, yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of quiet tenacity and, anger behind him when he's answering questions. Yeah. He, 
he's not one that they stick in front of the the mics very often. They should. He is very well spoken. Yeah. I thought he did well handling that entire situation. I thought he did better than than Patrick Sertan actually being in front of yeah. the 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 media there. Um, yeah. And uh, I just like I said, I really really liked him. And uh, just a, a comment here made me think of this of of Rob Walton, of course owns Walmart there. You know, if we got his kind of money, I don't think we have to worry too much about contracts. They can figure something out. They'll get him paid big money and and make it work. But uh, but no, it, it's Draymond. I love the guy. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the NFL right now. And I really think he's going to quickly become a household name this next year if he can stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got Cassie coming in. Hey, evening, guys. Evening to you, Cassie. Hope you're doing pretty darn well. And hope your Tuesday as well. It's actually sunny here in Seattle, which we've had very few days of that uh, coming in. So appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Shout out to our Mile High Huddle ladies. Paul also saying, let's get ready to rumble. Absolutely. David Bingham coming in saying, new scheme. It's called the 313, three and out, three. Oh, three and outs, three interceptions. Okay. I think I got it. Uh, either way, Broncos defense is going to be better this season. And uh, we'll keep, we'll get into that as well. We want to say hello to some more people, but I thought it was interesting. Now we've had multiple players come in and say, yeah, but it's the same scheme as last year. Some of different words and whatnot, but it's it's the same scheme. Uh, so we'll get into that. EJ coming in. Good evening, Nick and Carl on Broncos country. Let's ride. Jay also saying, I'm hoping for a more aggressive defense that can get turnovers. Definitely uh, something to think about and talk about there. Kathy Lund coming in saying, good evening, fam. Good to see you. And Mark saying, did I hear a mock draft is happening tonight? Uh, if the Super Chats come in, we might be getting to a mock draft. Chad said, uh, you guys have been, or we have not been doing well enough getting you guys pumped up. So uh, we got to get in on that. Uh, but would like to do one with Carl uh, if we have time the last 15 minutes or so, but we want to make sure that we're getting to your guys' content first. Uh, first and foremost, we also have Sparkin' Over Broncos. This is a new one for me. Evening, Nick, Carl, and Scott. I've started tomorrow's holiday early. Okay, Carl, well, hopefully <laughs> joining you. Now, uh, Greg Smith, also good evening, Broncos country. Thanks, Greg, for dropping us our first like over on Facebook. Make sure you guys be like Greg and uh, like us over on Facebook and YouTube. Jeff Noyes saying hello, Broncos country. Kathy saying it's tomorrow holiday. I was making a marijuana joke, Kathy. That's I don't know how appropriate that is. This is a Colorado. I'm in Washington. I mean, better than drinking and driving. So uh, sparking over Broncos saying currently in the process of making a video on Trey McBride is the most polarizing prospect in Broncos country. <sighs> yeah, he is. I am very I have strong opinions on the tight end position in this offense and with Russell Wilson. And also, I feel like the discussion with tight end is it's a bad overall class this season. And I think that with next year, Michael Mayers is like 10 times the tight end in anybody, anybody in this class last year, we had Kyle Pitts. Obviously you have Brock Bowers. Who's an uh, freaking God uh, at Georgia at the tight end position as an 18 year old last year, 10 times better than any tight end in this class. So maybe there's a little bit of tight end. One isn't tight end one, because you have to look at like the five year kind of average of what that position is. But also I just don't think Russell Wilson's going to utilize that position. If it's not a, tight end that can stretch the seam vertically as a monster athlete, such as a Jelani Woods. Right. Well, and the other thing is you, you got to separate player from helmet from state kind of thing. You know, it's kind of like Philip Lindsay when he was with the Broncos, like he was a good player. He's a good running back, but there was limitations to his game. A lot of people thought, man, this guy, we got to pay him. He's got to be our number one running back. You and I were talking about, we, we didn't think he could be a true number one running back in the NFL. Trey McBride being there with Colorado state, you know, again, look at him as just a prospect. If he wasn't going to Colorado State, would you be talking about him as much as you do? We'd be talking about him, but it would be in the vein of Jeremy Ruckert, Kate Ott, and the other guys right. as well. So he's good. Don't get me wrong. If we had Tom Brady here or a taller, older quarterback that loves to use the short middle of the field, okay, like yeah. we're talking, but just... And if you look at the heat maps, I don't think... There's three quarterbacks last year that avoided the middle of the field. Not like the plague, but like more than anybody else. Kyler Murray... Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers actually shockingly did not use the middle of the field very much. You have Nathaniel Hackett's offense coming over, loves the tight end, but loves the guy who's the inline blocker, essentially extension of the offensive line, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, not really high volume guys. And then you have Russell Wilson who liked the down the field, seam stretching, deep crossers, et cetera, et cetera, post tight ends, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, but not the quick kind of middle hash marks guy. So right. interesting, uh, interesting conversation. If the Broncos take him at 64, Cool. They got another guy. They don't have a weapon like him right now. Diversifying your weapons portfolio. I get it. I just don't know if it's the best usage of resources. Uh, JY coming in and saying Dre has established his place, man. Absolutely. Draymond propaganda. 
right here all day long. <laughs> tall, dark, yep. and Mexican. I feel like I don't recognize tall, dark, and Mexican until Friday night when I was on uh, Dove Valley Deep Divers. And now he's here. So good to see a tall, dark, and Mexican. And uh, welcome in on Building the Broncos. Uh, what's happening, fellas? Glad to be here tonight. Can't wait to hear y'all's fresh takes. Go Broncos. Atwater's Army and Mojica? Is nice. that a place? Maybe? Maybe make that a mojito for me. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> good to see a tall, dark, and Mexican. Billy Holman also. Hey, Nick and Carl and Scott. Awesome. Good to see you, too. We got Maurice coming in here. We good. We good. We are good. We're great. Travis Tarbox coming in. Hello, fellas. Just stopping in to say Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you, Travis. Go Hawks. Um, Mike S., who do you guys think the Broncos' new owner will be? And Kathy says, probably Mr. Walton. I agree. Uh, we also have John Juno coming in. I read Zach's article today about Cushion Berry getting traded to the Jaguars. How likely is that? Uh, Carl, what do you think? I think there's a real chance. You know, Cushionberry, he improved this last year, but he was still bottom half of the league when it comes to centers. Now, yes, he hasn't had a quarterback back like Russell Wilson working with him. Bottom half is being, being nice. generous. I yes. was gonna okay. say okay, yeah. Bottom 10. Is that, is that a better place to put him there? Yeah. Bottom yeah. five. You can make right. the argument. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just depending yeah. on who you're talking to there. And so if there's a team out there that's willing to to give a pick for him, it's hard to to argue with that finding it. You know, again, that gets you to 10 picks this year, or it could be a pick for 2023. So then it adds to your 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 weaponry for next year. And and Cushenberry, I think he's one of those guys can be replaceable. You got some guys already on the roster that have played center before. So they, they could play there or you could go to the draft, find yourself a guy that's going to be there for, for four years. And, and I've always said, if you have a young quarterback, you want a veteran center. If you have a veteran quarterback, you can get away with a young center because they can do a lot of the line calls there for them, help them out in those early parts. And so I think you can get away with a, a rookie even starting at center and still have a good offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, especially with Russell Wilson there. You don't like to pair a rookie quarterback with a rookie center, but if you have a, you know, somebody like Russell Wilson, it's not as big of a deal. So um, as far as Cushionberry being traded, I would say that's a probably a 50-50 proposition at this point, but being traded specifically to the Jaguars, that pumps it way down. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's the same as specific team. But I would say the Broncos are probably eager to upgrade the center position uh restart that contract for a rookie center prospect as well because Cushion Bear only has two years left where if you draft a rookie center it'd be four years. And uh I've also heard that there's a lot of talk pre-Russell Wilson about Graham Glasgow competing at the center position. This is not verified, but I've heard from a few different people here that Graham Glasgow's six foot six height snapping the ball to Russell Wilson who is under six foot could be an issue for a quarterback who doesn't use the middle of the field sometimes questions about seeing over the offensive line six foot center doesn't six foot six center doesn't help that so uh another issue uh to look for for center and the center prox uh prospects as well um we got jay also coming in as jewel back josie jewel is back he signed a two-year deal and will be a starting linebacker for the broncos as long as he can stay healthy um so that's that's the big one yep. uh michael ronquillo michael ronquillo coming in here good evening Keo. michael ronquillo yeah there Goodness you go gracious i had it and then i didn't have it and then i didn't have it again. Uh, Michael Ronquillo. God, did I do it wrong? That time, no, my you, brain you is right that okay, time. God. Love you, Michael. The double um, L has the Y yeah. sound. You know, come on, Baxter. You know I don't speak Spanish. Good evening, Nick and Carl on Bron <laughs> Building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Good to see you there. Um, we also have Travis coming in with the support. Thank you so much, Travis. You guys be like Travis. Get your super chats and superstars in for a chance to get in on the raffle for Mile High Huddle merchandise and, of course, Bronco jersey of your choice. Uh, Travis says, good evening, Nick and Carl and Scott and Broncos country. I know we are in a total culture change with Hackett, Wilson, and a new owner. Just wish the new owner would have the same qualities that Mr. Bolin had. I, I mean, yes, no doubt about that. Somebody who really cares about winning. I would hope that whoever the new owner is has a better, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? transitional plan for after he's done being an owner than what we've dealt with, with uh, Johnny Bolin jr. You know, saying anti-Semitic stuff on his Twitter or whatever the heck he is at God, what a, what a train wreck and embarrassment that <laughs> that can be. Um, but um, I'm other than that. Yeah. I'm with you about uh, Pat Bolin. It's, I do think he'd probably be a little bit disappointed with how things have played out after his passing, but uh, you know, you're not your kids. You can't control your kids. And once they're adults, you know, they're, they're free to make their own mistakes. And, 
uh, be their own people. Um, Cassie, yeah. also let me know about the weather here. Nick's Nick, it's been wonderful here in Wyoming, just cloudy and windy. I think cloudy and windy is probably the uh, the default uh, driving through Wyoming, probably for Kansas too. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I think we're at forty mile per hour winds today, so a little better than like the sixty last week. I'll take it. Okay, and I'll, here we go. Sparkin. Oh, sorry, Scott. I was saying Sparkin is a uh, Greg Madrid coming in here with Twitter, um, old face. So there we go. Um, I think Scott had another one pulled up. Maybe not, but either way, um, we'll keep it going here. We got uh, Benjamin Flores in the house. What's up, my brothers? Good to see you. As always, Benjamin, we got Chase Wellner saying the dream team. Thank you so much, Chase. You got a new picture there. It's good to see you. Biggie Bronco, good evening, Nick and Carl. Cannot wait for the draft. And uh, Sisto's coming in here saying, what's your predictions for the 2022 season? What do you think, Carl? Well, I mean, if I'm looking at just overall record, I would say 10 and seven for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. I I think obviously they've got a great roster. It's going to be hard to tell a little bit with so many new pieces. I mean, new coaching staff at pretty much every position, at least the main positions that makes it really hard to predict a lot of things. Uh, You know, the players talking about, Oh, this is the same system on defense. Well, how's ever going to call it? You know, part of what makes Fangio so great as a defensive coordinator is he knows that system in and out. He knows what to call, when to call it, and and just plays well to the strengths of the players. Can Idro Evero do the same thing? We don't know yet. You know, is he going to change up a few things, maybe be a little more aggressive with some of these players? I hope so. I, I hope they get a little more aggressive, take a few more chances, because I think that'll work in their favor. Uh, but we'll, we're just going to have to wait and see on some of that. But I think just with Russell Wilson in the building and a lot of just knowing the, the players and the talent, I think 10 wins is a, a pretty, pretty nice way to look at it right now. It's probably one of the hardest teams to bet on the over under on wins this season, given how much newness there is now, everybody will say, and you're right. The last two Super Bowl winners have been veterans winning their first season on a new team. Those team had, those teams had very established cultures, schemes, coaches, players, where it was the quarterback coming in. Obviously you have free agency and things that change every year, but the cores of those teams were similar, the identities, et cetera, et cetera. This is not only the new quarterback coming over, you have the ownership change, and of course, Nathaniel Hackett, complete culture change, new scheme, et cetera, et cetera. So just all this newness makes it the Broncos more volatile. I would not bet on the Broncos' win total this season. Uh, just because they are super volatile, I think that you're probably right. I think 10-7 and seven is a very good bet, but the Broncos could easily win. Not easily, but I could see this team having the, the widest air bar is where they're going to be this season. I could see them 13 wins this season. Mm-hmm. As scary as it sounds, I mean, you have to account for injury and stuff. I could see them at eight wins. The AFC West is incredible. Uh, they play the NFC West too. And if Russell's down, gets hurt or something, then, you know, la-di-da, good luck. So the very, very, very volatile team this season. I think 10 is a very good spot. If it, I don't feel great betting on 10. If the line was nine and a half, I'd probably take the over. Um, but yep. 10 is just like, oh, I don't think I'm going to get good value there. <laughs> Right. Um, so we'll see. Hoping for the best. Want to see how it all looks for I just scientist, right? I want to observable universe. What does it look like before being all in all in on Russell right. Wilson and his team? But Super Bowl championship. Let's talk playoffs first. Playoffs? Okay. Joey coming in. <laughs> evening, gents. Let's ride. Good to see you, Joey. Kevin Gray saying MHH always watch the evening uh shows. Broncos country. Let's ride. Well, we also have morning shows, Kevin, with Scott and I. So make sure you check us out sometime. And uh, we've got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in. Gary, thank you so much for the support. We appreciate you saying, hey, Nick, Carl, and Scott, pumped to hear your takes on all things Broncos. You bring it daily. Sometimes twice a day. Uh, but, uh, no, yeah, absolutely. Thank yep. you so much, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're uh, – I know it's a little bit in the rearview rear mirror now, but your recent bout of health problems in the hospital, hopefully that is pretty far in the rearview mirror as we're moving forward. Um Mile High Mike saying, we don't need a tight end at 64. We need to edge your offensive line. What do you think about this one, Carl? I, I don't want to get so jam-packed just to those two positions. I do agree with Mile High Mike that if if there's a tie between, let's say, a tight end and an edge player, I'm taking edge. Even if there's maybe like tight ends at 63 on my board and edges at 64, I'm probably taking the edge player. You know, it just because those are positions of huge value and, again, the Broncos need players at those positions right now as well, you know, and for the future. And, and so yeah. um, I hope you lean towards those positions, but you don't reach for it just because you need them. Yeah. I mean, we don't need 
anything at 64, really. You just need good players with how this team is shaped up. Uh, so if the best player available on their board is Trey McBride at 64, I don't think I'd agree with it, but, you know, God bless. Go with it. If the best player on the... This is, again, I'm I'm not drinking. I haven't started the holiday tomorrow early. The best <laughs> player available at 64 is Kenneth Walker, the running back. Okay, cool. Awesome. You really solidified that rookie quarterback or uh, rookie contract for the running back room. You got last year, you had the running back who had the most yards after contact uh, in the entire NCAA landscape in Javante Williams. I have actually, I think he was highest yards per contact per attempt because he split carries. But this year, Kenneth Walker has the highest volume of yards after contact of any running back in football. And he's pretty fresh as well because mm-hmm. at uh, what was it? Wake Forest. They didn't a make believe scheme. If you will, they didn't really use him there. So really and- just, Best player available. And you add in that 4-2-8 speed. Is that what he ran? Something like that? Kenneth Walker? No, 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 no. He didn't run a 4-2-8. That's insane. That's Tariq Woolen, the cornerback. Or something. I don't know any running backs that ran 4-2s uh, in this draft cycle. Kenneth Walker came in about five foot nine, 215 pounds, and uh, he ran pretty darn well. But f- you'll have to look it up. A 4-2-8, that would be alarm bells going off. Uh, if, if a running back runs under a 4-5, that's like that guy's a really good athlete for their position and size. Four three eight. I'm sorry, okay. I was yeah. point one off. Okay, yeah, my bad. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't I seem like a lot, but matters. That's like, but I'm just saying. I mean, it still was fast, really, yeah. really fast. If he ran a four two eight, people would be talking about him top twenty, even though he's a running back because right. of what his tape looked like as well. Right. I, I really love Kenneth Walker. He's my running back one. Uh, Will Stewart coming in. God bless you, Will. Thank you so much for the super chat here. Nine ninety nine. Will, thank you. Man, so great getting us kicked off here with the, uh, the the colors flashing. I'm just a little kid. I want the the colors, like a kaleidoscope going on, uh, shapes and colors like we've never seen. Uh, how balanced do you think the Hackett Russell offense will be? Hope it looks like old school '98 Broncos run pass concepts. What do you think, Carl? I, I think it's actually going to be more balanced than people think. I, I think the Russ wanting to go to a team where he can throw it all the time idea. I think that's way overblown. I think his bigger problem with Seattle was. They weren't balanced in how they attacked on certain downs. So like first down, they would be 90%. Let's run it on first down and just make it where teams really knew this is what is exactly coming. I think of the the Tim Tebow days where they'd run first, second down and hope that they'd picked up enough to run on third down because they did not want that guy throwing it. And and for Seattle, you know, if you got a guy like Russell Wilson, take advantage of those early downs to make them guess. Is it run? Is it pass? What's coming at them? They just kind of did this. Let's run on first down, run on second down. Russ, save us on third down. And it, it irritated him. It's like, dude, I yeah, I can go save you, and I can go win a lot of games this way, but give me a better chance to go really get some big plays when they're least expecting it, when they don't know what's coming. And and so I think that's what you're going to see with the Broncos is they're going to mix it up a lot more. You know, I think there's even going to be some times where maybe it's like a third and five, and they're going, oh, yeah, this has to be a pass, and they're going to run it. Yeah. But that's fine. When when you got a guy like Javante Williams, if you get a guy like Kenneth Walker there at pick 64, you know, you can do a few things like that. Keep that that's the big thing that you need in today's NFL is you just got to keep a defense off balance. Keep guys guessing where is this going? That's why play action works so well because guys take a false step, boom, everything opens up because one step is all you need. Yeah, as far as looking like old school 98 Broncos run pass concepts, I don't think you're going to see super under center play action bootlegs kind of stuff from Russell Wilson. I think you're going to see a lot more of what we saw last year with green Bay, where I think green Bay ran the second highest rate of RPOs in all of the, all of the NFL last year, only behind the Miami dolphins uh, with Tua, which could pretty much only run RPOs last year, which uh, we'll, we'll see how Tua <laughs> plays out this year. Um, but you're going to see a lot more shotgun based RPO looks with quick outs and uh, using that quick pass game outside the hash marks and then trying to create uh, explosive plays uh, down the field later, especially if you can run the ball well. But I don't think it's going to be that, you know, Jake Plummer, John Oway under center outside zone centric scheme. I think it's going to be, again, much more shotgun RPO uh, centric. Uh, but again, if, I don't care what it looks like if they score points and they don't turn the ball over, then. God bless. Let's have some fun for the first time in a bit. Broncos yeah. offense. Ryan's having some fun saying, how's it going? Broncos country. It's going pretty well. Broncos country. Let Ryan know how you're doing in the chat. It'd be uh say hello. We also have Kaylee coming in here. Shout out to our mile high huddle ladies. Uh, good to see you Kaylee. Um, and Chase saying, you're going to have a hard time finding an owner. Who's an angel to be honest. Hey, yeah, yeah, you know, if you got to that point in your life with that much money, you probably stepped on some people along the way. Uh, so 
you know, yeah. they're humans, you know, right. we de demify them. And sometimes we idolatries idolatry of people like that. You shouldn't do that. They're human beings, flaws and all. Yep. Um, go ahead, girl. What do you say? Well, I was just going to say, yeah, that, the odds of getting another Pat Bolin that just cares about the team as much as he did, that was as invested in everything that was going on. The odds are stacked against you, but just mm -hmm. finding one that can just empower the people that are already in charge. Like that, that's going to be my biggest worry is one coming in saying, you know what? I want my guys in position. I want my guys doing their things. George Payton. See you later. Hack it. Bye. You're gone. You know, like just all of a sudden destroying everything that they're trying to build up. That, that's probably my biggest worry with any of them. If they come in and say, you know what, George Payton, I'm going to empower you. Here's a blank check. If you need to go pay Russell Wilson a $250 million guaranteed contract, boom, here you go. I got it for you. That's that's what I want to see from an owner. If I can get that, I'm going to feel pretty good about where the Broncos are going. But yeah. all right, we got Travis Weber coming in saying, Nick, I've seen Devin Lloyd start to drop into second round in mock drafts. Is that a more reasonable spot for him than the first round? I still think he's going to go in the first round. He's my linebacker one, but the top 10 talk was preposterous, um, more or less. Because, I mean, just the position he plays. Also, the bombshell that came out about him was, I think he's going to be 24 years old this year, which for linebackers is not great because linebackers tend to fall off a cliff at about age 30 because uh, of injuries more so than the losing a step or two. Uh, that kind of gets those guys. We saw it with like Jalen Smith, who's like, oh, former great player. Poof, gone. Um, so... Not not as many uh, London Fletchers playing well past their 30 year old uh, age mark anymore, unfortunately. And I'm 30 now, so this is making me feel really old. But uh, I think Devin Lloyd should probably go somewhere from the 20 to 30 range in the draft. He's still my linebacker one. He's a versatile player. Yes, he's not a crazy good athlete, but he's a good processor. He's versatile. He's a good edge rusher as well. And he has great length, uh, something that is becoming more and more valuable uh, in today's NFL. NFL defenses today are essentially kind of starting to mimic NBA defenses, you know, 10, 15 years ago, where the longer those guys are, the better. Uh, so that does matter. And he has great length. So second if, round, if he falls there, I'd be shocked. It's probably because of the age and the fact that linebackers are devalued more than they've ever been in the history of the NFL game. But um, I, I think he will sneak his way into the first round. If he does fall into the second round, where does he have to fall for you to consider trading up? 60. Just because of the positional value, I'm not willing to trade two day two picks and two rolls of the dice on those guys for a position like linebacker where I can find linebackers at 64 that I like. I can find linebackers day four or day four, um, <laughs> round four. Going back Honestly, to the old four, school so you, draft. You can, you can find some uh, undrafted guys, but you can find linebackers uh, round four that you're going to like as well. So the positions that I'm looking to trade up for are the ones that typically you have specific body types or metrics that you can't find later. Offensive tackle cornerback ed rusher so treat them like that those positions where you can, physically literally you cannot find those body types typically later and there's like massive drop off from round one to round two to round three historically right. speaking um we also got gary leeds palmer saying i'm encouraged by your take on the season nick you are the definition of conservative so we are gonna be okay the definition of conservative is uh i'm very much wait and see you know i just yeah. i want to cover all bases and i'm very guarded against the the raw raw fan takes. I want balanced uh, takes interaction and I want to consider all the facts. So uh, I think 10 wins is very possible. It, that's that it could bottom out um, this like any team could like if Tom Brady gets injured and Tampa Bay is playing Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask the whole season, they're going to probably be bad. Um, same with anything with a quarterback, but a lot right. of new variables. It just makes me think that it's a very volatile team this season. Right. You are, you are a data driven person to the T. Sometimes I try to be um, mostly I just want to give me the give me the information. I want to base decisions based on facts and data, not off the seam of my pants. Uh, Keone uh, coming in here. Good to see you. Aloha. Uh, he says, I'll be in Vegas for the draft. Can't wait. And so excited. Aloha. Aloha to you as well. And also make sure you're letting Chad know, because I think Chad and Chad, and maybe Zach, but definitely Chad. I think I think they're going to be in Vegas. I think so. Um, and Mark coming in saying on Colin Coward's podcast. Uh, what's going on? Greg? Greg Olson said they operated like number three was a rookie. Okay. Yeah. They made it very, they didn't give him a lot of control and they definitely wanted to be more of a run centric offense. I do think that you need to be a good running team with Russell Wilson because again, middle of the field, short pass game is not really there. So you need to run the ball effectively enough to have opposing defense, respect it and play cover one, play cover three, play more guys in the box that you're not getting from the quick short pass game over the middle of the field. But 
I, I mean, God, let Russ cook. Definitely. I'm really yeah. curious to see what this all looks like, though. Man, it's, it's, it's again, let me see what it looks like when the Broncos are playing with Russell Wilson, with Nathaniel Hackett, the RPO offense. Going to be a lot of fun, but how is it going to be fun? That's It's the why and the how that intrigues me. Right. Well, and I think you still see in the NFL, a lot of these guys are alpha males. Like they want to be in charge. They want to be the one that's recognized. I mean, I always think of Josh McDaniels. Part of why he didn't like Jay Cutler is Jay Cutler had personality, was outspoken, all those kind of things. And he did not like that. He wanted to be the guy in charge. And I think for a lot of these quarterbacks now in today's NFL, you're seeing they're taking the power that they have and saying, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to go to somewhere that they will listen to me. Because I promise they're going to pay me big money. They're going to do what I say because they're excited that they have a quarterback. And yeah. you're going to be left with nothing. And yeah. in Seattle, like you said, center, one to shorter center. What do they do? They go get a six foot six guy to play center there in Seattle. Ethan you know, Pokasik? Yeah, something like LSU. that. Yeah. And and so again, just I think you're learning very, very quickly in today's NFL who matters most. And it should be quarterback. You got to do what, what it takes to make them happy. And yep. I'm not saying you just give in to everything, but I'm saying invite them to be a part of conversations. Say, hey, this is what we're looking at. What do you think? Is this a possibility? Just do some things to, to empower them, make them feel that they're a part of it. But uh, I right, got Kathy coming in saying, yeah, I made it to two pods today. Hi again, Nick. Hello, Carl and Broncos country. It's got to be late over there in Germany, Kathy. Thanks for joining us today. Um, good conversation today on Twitter as well. Enjoy. Uh, really enjoy uh, all your takes and just interactions on Twitter. So shout out to you. DW coming in here with a big super $25. Thank you so much, DW. You're the man. Somebody get the air horn out. Uh, speaking of air horn hyped, we're bringing back zone blocking. Broncos did use zone blocking last year, uh, just more so inside zone, but uh, I digress. Uh, since they're looking at big backs, I love the thought of two bruising backs, especially since today's defense, as we see a lot more secondary on the field, one cut and punish people. DW, you're speaking my language now. Most of all the top running backs that have accumulated over a thousand yards over the last three seasons have all been 215 plus pounds. I think the only outlier for that has been Dalvin cook um, over the, I guess last two seasons. I think that was what the data said. Uh, so definitely your smaller backs, like your guys that are barely pushing 200, there's a role for them in the NFL, but they're probably not going to be super. You're not going to be able to lean on them. I think is the thing. They're very niche. And with Javante Williams having, not been a bell cow, even dating back to his time at UNC, that's a massive question mark. So getting somebody in the room that is, you know, 215 plus pounds that can tote the rock if Javante needs a break or he's like a lower body injury where there's four games where he needs to be leaned on less. I think that's really actually pretty important for the increasing or raising the floor of the functionality of this offense this season. Yeah, I, I still, I think of like Clinton Portis. Back in the day when we were in this zone blocking scheme and his speed, his ability to do that one cut and turn it into a big play. And I know Javante Williams, he had a lot of big plays, but he's not that burner that's going to take it over the top to, to score a touchdown. Yeah. And so getting a guy that can do that. That's why I like Kenneth Walker. Like he's not, yes, he's not 428, but 438. He's still got some speed to, to pull away from some guys. And you, you saw it there with Michigan State, his ability just to, to make that one cut go make a couple guys miss. And once he gets to the open field, good luck to, to, to stopping him. And, and so that one, two punch, I, I keep picturing that with on top of having Russell Wilson that keeps defenses honest. Oh my goodness. I, I think that would be a very scary offense for a lot of teams out there. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying I'm advocating for running back at 64, but if they do that, I'm not going to be upset about it either at this point. Yeah. And the good thing about running back uh, in general is that, I've actually kind of come full circle once I hate the first round usage on running back and I hate paying running back second contracts. Sorry guys, you, I can already tell you where it's going to be when Javante Williams contract is up. Love you. Thanks for your service. Uh, we'll see you next time. Um, but later on, but, uh, drafting running backs day two, maximizing their value over their rookie contracts and then letting them walk. That is chef kiss. I mean, that's what you need to be doing here, uh, with these guys, even if they are dynamic running backs, I'm probably not paying them second contracts. Um, Jeremy Sean coming in and saying, good evening, Nick and Carl. I'm on a short vacation with my wife, but wanted to stop in. That's super nice of you, Jeremy. Good to see you. I'll be uh, binging all the episodes soon. Keep up the great work. Good to see you. John Fields letting us know 12 wins. Oh man, that Ooh. would be great. Um, I would definitely take that. Um, we also got uh, Austin saying win the division and the record won't matter. Well, you have to have a certain level of record to win the division, but I agree with you. I know that the Broncos 
what is it? Their mantra this season or their slogan is win the West. Uh, and I just know some people were not upset with that, but like, shouldn't you aim higher? It's do we know these teams in the AFC West this year? If you win the West, you are contending for the Super Bowl. So if you, I don't have any issue with win the West because that means to me you're contending for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that that's for sure. And uh, I, I think it's going to take 12 wins to win the division. Yeah, I, I really think so. Like I said, I, I said 10 conservatively just because more because of the coaching staff than anything else. Roster wise, I like the the starting 22 for the Broncos. I like who they have on special teams other than returner. Still need to get that figured out. Like I said, it's just the coaching staff. How much can they make or break? How much can they go and sneak a couple wins? Are they going to cost the team a couple games? I mean, we saw with Fangio starting out there his first year. There's a couple times his timeouts, how he used them, just really cost the Broncos at least a few plays that could have given them a chance to win a game. Yep. Is that going to happen with Nathaniel Hackett? You know, I like the guy, but I haven't seen his in-game strategy, his ability to understand what's going on, when to use those timeouts, like I said. Um, and and so I just need to see more of that before I can really get over 10 wins at this point. Yeah. Either way, there's reasonable definitions to do that. And we got Dale coming in here. DW, thank you so much, Dale. Two times now. $25, man. Ooh. Double air horn. Double double fist in the air yeah. horns here. Uh, saying Hawaii, uh, no K, KOI. Uh, oh, he's saying he will be in the draft as well. Um, on the ownership question, any hope that Peyton and the Mannings are parted, partnered with the Waltons? That would have us all drooling. No, it would. I don't think that's happening, unfortunately. I don't think the Mannings have the the capital to be a part of this. And I think the Waltons have so much capital that there's no reason for them to even bring in any partners or anything. They can just completely buy the Broncos in an entirety and uh, go from there. So we yeah. can keep hoping uh, maybe, maybe eventually too Peyton man could have a, like a president kind of situation with the team, but actually being owner, I think it's a bit of a pipe dream, unfortunately. So I did hear he is attached to one of the three that they mentioned. I think the Josh Harris ownership group. Interesting. There's rumors that Peyton Manning is attached to them. He wouldn't be the main owner by any means. Harris would be the the owner uh, or the the face of the franchise, I guess, when Mm -hmm. it comes to ownership. But Peyton Manning would be a part of it. And so, you know, if you're hoping for Peyton, I guess you better hope that Harris wins the the bid. Uh, I know the other one that they mentioned was Todd Bowley. Sounds like he's trying to buy uh, the soccer program. Chelsea. Yep. Scott's Scott and my team. Scott's definitely a diehard though. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Dale though, for the back to back $25 supers. We also got Tom coming in here saying, I do not want a running back at 64. I don't want a running back at 64 either. Uh, let me be clear on that one. Uh, strong in the fourth or fifth round. I think he means a Pierre strong junior there running back from South Dakota state. Definitely worth a name to keep an eye on. Uh, he's a freak edge rusher, offensive line cornerback at 64. Absolutely. Yes, that would be ideal. If there's an offensive tackle or an edge rusher or a cornerback that's worth the pick at 64, 110,000%. But you got to go with the board the way it falls to you. And if there's a reality out there where far and away, Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall is the best player on your board or Trey McBride's your best player or Chad Muma, Quay Walker, and Nicobe Dean. I mean, 64, you can't get too picky. And the Broncos are in a spot where you need to be thinking about depth and 2023 with that pick, I I believe at least. Um, as much as 2022, uh, right. Cause that far down the draft, you, you need to be thinking about them more. So like Baron Browning and Quinn miners as picks this year, where anything we got from them was because injuries happened beforehand and it was just bonus, you know, cherry on top versus depending on them. Like you were with two top 40 picks last year in Javante Williams and Patrick Sertan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, like I said earlier, I love the 22 starters right now. Uh, yeah. There's a few of them that you could upgrade no problem. And I'd be happy about that if there's a rookie that could come in and beat them out. But right now I feel pretty good that any of those guys starting, they're going to do their job pretty well. And, and so rookies, you're right. You're looking for those guys who who's going to be out of contract in 2023 edge rushers. Yeah. Bradley Chubb. Is he going to be with the Broncos in 2023? We don't know. Yep. Malik Reed, obviously probably not going to be at the Broncos past this season. Yep. And, and so edge obviously becomes a, a big concern. Cornerback, you're right. The depth there, you got to get some more bodies there. Offensive tackle, a lot of your guys are signed to those one-year rental contracts. So getting a guy that can come in, learn for a year, that sounds great to me too. So I'm I'm all for those positions. Like I said, those, those are the positions I'm leaning towards. Just with 64, if there is a guy that you think can be special, 
I'm not going to pass on him just because those other positions are maybe a little bit higher up on the, the needs or even, you know, just the, the, the value that they bring to the team. Totally. Yeah, no, you're totally right with that. I don't have a, I have no remarks. I have no questions. So we want to make sure we get into the conversation of these press conferences first. I know we talked about doing a mock draft simulator. If we don't get to that today, guys, we will do it next Tuesday, the final uh, building the Broncos before the draft. But definitely wanted to get into the press conferences today from Draymond Jones and Patrick Sertan. Nothing really that, I guess, illuminating from these things typically. But what I will say is that we've now had four defensive starters say that the scheme this year for the Broncos under Ejiro Evero, while the vernacular, the verbiage, the words, whatever, is going to be slightly different, the scheme overall should be relatively the same. Now, there's some new twists and concepts and whatnot. Guess what? If Vic Fangio was here this season, again, which, God bless Nathaniel Hackett, they mentioned him as just being a big kid with all the energy and stuff. Love that. Uh, he's authentically himself, and uh, we're leaning into the honeymoon phase right now, because why the hell not? But um, even if Vic Fangio was retained, guess what? There would be new twists and scheme concepts changed this season with Fangio uh, if he was still here as well. So I think it's honestly relatively relieving for me, or it's a little bit of relief because I really like the scheme that Fangio is deploying. And I think somebody earlier mentioned, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head saying that I hope we run a more aggressive scheme this year. We can get more sacks and interceptions. I'm of the belief that this scheme can get more sacks and interceptions if the opposing offense gives a flying somebody beat me out here about your offense doing anything. If your offense is at all threatening, putting up points, controlling the ball, uh, then opposing offenses don't just have to sit on the ball. Like it's uh, the bourbon bowl with water boy there before he comes in, you know, we're literally punting on first down because we think you're that bad on offense. Um, And we saw, I mean, the Bengals game last year just makes me wretch thinking about how conservative they were in that game. So this season, uh, if the scheme is similar, that's great to me. And I think the turnovers, the sacks, the pressures, et cetera, everything that we want will come because opposing teams will actually have to play from behind some and actually feel like they have to put up points versus like, if we get to 24, we've won the game. Hell, if we get to 20, we've won the game. Right. And I think that's a little bit of, you know, the Broncos held the chiefs to some of their lowest point totals the last few years with Fangio. It's a little bit his scheme plays well against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, but it's also they didn't take as many chances as you see in a lot of other games where they know they got to put up some points. They know if they get to 24 points, the odds of the Broncos beating them is slim to none, maybe 5% kind of thing. And so, so you're right. A lot of teams went conservative. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's not give them the, let's not lose this game. You know, if if we play and to not lose, we're probably actually going to win against the Broncos. And you don't say that about a lot of teams. And it's kind of the, I don't know, it's kind of like the slap in the face of how bad you are when, when teams can do that to you. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm hoping they can be a little more aggressive that they have some opportunities on some third and longs to to actually go get after the quarterback, do some specialty blitzes. I liked when Draymond Jones was talking, he said, you know, yeah, the language is different, but some of it he said was actually where they compounded it together to make Mm -hmm. it simpler. I like that. I think part of Fangio's scheme, the the big problem I have with it is is it is so complicated. A lot of rookies really struggle to ever take uh, to get in there and do anything. So uh, I'm excited to see what some of these young guys could do year two, working in pretty much the similar scheme. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Tasachi coming in here saying, "What do you think about Martin Emerson at pick 64?" I think Steve Atwater recently hyped Martin Emerson up, and I love Steve, and he knows more about football than forgotten more about football than I'll ever learn. I don't know what he's talking about when Martin Emerson comes. Uh, very stiff guy, not a good tackler, not good recovery speed, lean and long. But if you're playing pure press boundary corner, then I could maybe see it. But the Rams, the last two seasons, have played more off coverage than any team in football. So now you're drafting a pure press boundary cornerback who's not a very good tackler, not a great athlete. Uh, I I think he's a fifth round pick kind of guy, honestly. Um, not for me, emphatically not for me. I'm not I'm not a big fan of his game. Um, literally like every single box that he ticks, he's long, which is great, but I want long and fluid, which is, you know, okay. First round pick there. But like for him, it's just, I'd rather, I'd rather have small and twitchy than the long guy who can't play off coverage and is also not a great tackler. Just, I, I don't see it. Right. All right. We have Dale coming back again. Dale, you are truly the superstar three times tonight. Uh, hats off to you. 
Gotta gotta do the hat tip to you there on that one. He says, uh, we need Peyton to hit a home run on this draft. AFC West so loaded. The draft could be the difference on the division title. Hopefully Kansas City, uh, Las Vegas, and LA have poor drafts to boot. So looking forward to some football. You know, the nice thing is at least Las Vegas gave away most of their draft as well. So they're not picking until is it third round now because yep. they get around their first and second round pick there. Um, Kansas City, they've got those two first round picks back to back. Going to be interesting to see how they do that. They've got 12 picks in this draft. LA is in a nice position where they can kind of go a lot of different directions with their pick. But but you're right. I mean, the, the draft could make or break moving forward. And the Broncos need to be hitting on these drafts if they're going to be paying a lot of these guys big money. Russell Wilson, he's going to be making probably $45, 50000000 million a year. When, when it all comes down to his contract, you know, Draymond Jones, we talked about him earlier, could be getting a top 10 contract. Bradley Chubb, if he has a great year, he might be demanding top 10 edge money. And, and so the way that you counter that is by hitting well on this draft. And especially when 2023 draft, you've only got what, four or five picks. Yeah. So this one has to hit big uh, for the Broncos. You're right. I, I, I think, you know, we're all excited about Russell Wilson, but you still need these players to be something for him moving forward. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much, Dale. That's amazing. Uh, I will say that this draft, because the Broncos don't have you know any top fifty picks, uh, this is nailing this draft is going to be more about the long term health of the roster because you mentioned it. You know, Russell Wilson, big contract, Bradley Chubb, Draymond Jones, Dalton Reisner. I mean, all these guys are going to be free agents after this season. Uh, and what does that mean? I mean, you could move on from a uh, bunch of contracts here. Uh, Ronald Darby, another one here. So getting young, cost controlled guys that can take their lumps, grow this season more so behind the scenes, hopefully, because if you're forcing them into action, that means injuries happened. Most likely, maybe they are dominant and they take it. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but it's more about the long-term health of the roster and getting your, the structure of the team's going to have to change because we've been living in this world of cost-controlled rookie quarterback for a number of years now. I mean, since Manning retired, Russell Wilson is about to change that emphatically pretty soon here. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the, the Math is all going to change. Uh, Phil coming in here saying, sorry, guys, coming in late, but sending some stars. We... I got it this time, baby. I'm waiting for Dale to come in again. Hopefully that wasn't too bad. Um, so, uh, definitely. Thank you so much, Phil. He also says hashtag MHH for life and hashtag go Broncos. So uh, I actually scared the heck out of my dog who's in the kennel right now looking at me like thinking something that just died. I'm okay. It's okay, Summit. Um, but thank you so much, Phil. Good to see you. And I also think we have a super chat coming in here from Tom saying, all I want for uh, – is Giro Evero coming in is to adapt in game. So many times last year, we would be getting the ball run down our throats and Vic would not put eight in the box. Uh, it's kind of a pick your poison thing. And I am very much a, it's fans freaking out uh, about the Broncos defense. This is just kind of walking down here a little bit memory, but uh, the tight end of the running back are killing our linebackers. Yeah, that's frustrating. You know, what sucks even worse a running a wide receiver, catching the ball in one play and taking it to the house. I will take the paper cuts every time um, <laughs> making the team march the ball down the field. Cause guess what? They're going to mess up. They're going to have a drop. They're going to have a penalty where they're going to all of a sudden be behind the sticks. And I want to see them have to execute 10 to 12 plays in a row to score versus two chunk plays. And they're in the end zone. So um, you, I think this is more of a personnel issue and where Vic uh, made the decision to, okay, we're going to get the ball run down our throats here, uh, but we're not going to give it the big play over the top. And hopefully that can slow down the game. Some and we'll have a chance. Right. And we're, we're going to hold them to field goals. When yep. we get into the red zone, that's, that's where we're going to tighten things down. Yep. And that's where the middle of the field doesn't become as big of an issue because you have yep. so many guys so close to that area anyway. And, uh, and so, yeah, you're right. It, it really stunk to watch teams get six, seven yards of carry and just kind of march it down the field. But a lot of times, a lot of those drives did end in field goals. And, yep. and so you got to kind of, like I said, you got to pick your poison. If you're going to be aggressive, Understand you're probably going to give up some big plays. There might be a couple games that get away from you just because you give up those big plays. It, yep. Otherwise, if you're going to be conservative and kind of let them march down the field to hold them in the red zone, it's going to be kind of frustrating to watch and go, why aren't you trying to stop this? Why aren't you getting more guys in the box? Why aren't you doing this, this, and this? And and so it, it just, you can't have a little bit of everything. You know, the, the 2015 defense for the Broncos, that's one of those rare times where you got guys that are great both against the run and the pass, and you can do so many different things because of the players you have. Most teams don't have that kind of talent. Yep, absolutely. And uh, just getting back to here, people asking what scheme the Broncos are going to run. Um, and Draymond Jones was asked, uh, 
on the schematic comparisons on this defense to last year's defense. He said schematically it's the same challenging thing as a lot of new terms, and some of the terms are combined together to make it easier, like you said. But I'm fe- I'm a smart enough player, uh, so those guys are too, so we can get it. And also Patrick Sertan said that uh, it's going to be similar to last season. Um God, where did he say that at? Either way, the scheme's going to be similar, and I saw that it was a comment earlier mentioned, cover three and match quarters. Broncos, the last few years, and this is a Vic Fangio influence, where teams are not trying to show their hand defensively pre-snap, so a lot of the same looks before the snap, and then we'll rotate a safety down. So a lot of two high safety looks pre-snap, and then you'll roll a safety down into a cover three or a cover one look. And Patrick Mahomes has struggled with that, uh, the post-snap, because it's one more thing they have to process and identify. Where's that safety actually going to go? Where's the pressure coming? Is anybody coming, going, et cetera, et cetera. It just makes it harder on them. But you will still see cover one, cover three from the Broncos. It's just going to be from a pre-snap cover two look. So it, it kind of hides it a bit. And one more thing for the quarterback to have to do. Right. And I think also the big thing for the Broncos, more they're, they're hoping that the personnel that they've brought in mm-hmm. will be big in helping stop the run. You, yeah. you go sign Jones to his $10 million a year contract. You bring back Josie Jewell. He was huge against the run for the Broncos, just his intelligence to know where the play is going pre-snap. And you hope some of those rookies can kind of step up and, and take a bigger leap for him. Bradley Chubb being back, he kind of adds a little bit bigger guy on the edge for you that can kind of hold that end. So you're kind of hoping personnel-wise can correct a lot of those issues more so than scheme-wise. Yeah, and coming back here, um, Sertan mentioned about the scheme as well on his initial impers- uh, impressions of defensive coordinator Evero's coaching style and defensive scheme. And he also said schematically, it's essentially the exact same thing we ran last year, but he's added his, his own twist and concepts to it. Other than that, he's a very energetic and positive coach, very enthusiastic with the team. And he's locked in with the team. He's very excited for this year. I can tell by the way he comes into meeting rooms with all that energy. I'm excited to work with him and get better. Also shout out to the Broncos retaining, uh, Defensive back coach Christian Parker, Patrick Scratan mentioned him as well, saying it's great to have Coach Parker back. It's great to have him for one more year. He's obviously a great coach. He's going to be there, and he's going to coach you the right way. He helped me prepare a lot last year, so having him back will be very beneficial for the entire secondary on that standpoint. So, again, um, there'll be little differences in the defense this year, but I think one of the reasons that people were very frustrated with the bend-don't-break defense last year was the Broncos, personnel-wise, had garbage pass rush. 31st in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, 32nd in the NFL, according to ESPN pass rush win rate. And when you can't get get after the quarterback and your linebackers are as injured as the Broncos were, things are going to kind of fall apart. Uh, So this year, even if it is the same scheme, and this is another reason that I keep screaming about depth of edge because your top two starters have injury lists out the wazoo, um, but hopefully they'll be able to get after the passer more this year just by staying healthy, and that'll help the scheme as well. And even though it's still you know, number one thing, making sure teams aren't killing you with the explosive pass plays. It can be more, uh, more aggressive, getting more turnovers, getting more pressures, et cetera, et cetera. Cause the system and on the whole should work better. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we're running a little bit long, um, unfortunately. So we're going to save that, uh, draft for that. I mean, we're still gonna stick around for a little bit, but the seven round mock draft, we'll save that for next week, guys. So make sure you come back for that. Carl and I, I don't think we've done one yet on this show. So uh, we'll have a lot of fun. I'm eager to see what your takes are. I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a, a runway on that one. Cause Scott and I have done them a bit. Uh, speaking of a bit, Chris Hernandez coming in with the stars saying, click those little thumbs up. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for your support. Uh, we appreciate you so much and all of our super chat superstars and super givers, uh, really helping us on building the Broncos and mile high huddle in general. Um, we also have, a. Uh, Robert Caslow coming in here saying, would a road grader run game work out in the AFC West? What do you think, Carl? I guess that the question, yeah. this is new I, one, of course, but so I, I think of how many of the, the great edge rushers you have right now in the AFC West. How do you counter that? Well, just keep running at them, wear them out. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got a lot of these teams that are going to have to be selling out and especially dropping guys back in coverage because most of the teams in the AFC West, uh, the Chargers have a good secondary, but the rest of the teams don't. You know, Raiders don't have a great secondary. Chiefs don't have a great secondary. We'll see if they add through through the draft for a lot of those kind of things. Uh, and so, you know, if they're adding more pieces back there, yeah, just run it down them. Make them have to commit more guys to the box and then win over the top with Russell Wilson. That, that's the perfect plan for what the Broncos have. It matches up with their talent. It matches up with what they – you know, they're even their offensive line guys that can get down the field, go, go run over people that want to go run over people that 
that want to establish that kind of attitude on the field. And, and I think you can shorten a lot of games that way. You can protect Russell Wilson that way. And, and like I said, it just opens up all the big plays that Russell Wilson wants. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm with you as well. And uh, we also got Travis coming in with the stars. Thank you so much, Travis, for the support and uh, go Utes. I'll even give you a go Utes for that one. A great podcast tonight, guys. Enjoy listening to all the shows. Have a good night, Broncos country. Don't forget to throw the, throw up the likes, thumbs up. Like we like to say, share and subscribe on the way out. Thank you so much, Travis. We appreciate you. And uh, by the way, guys, we just broke 15,000 YouTube subscribers. So God bless you guys. That's incredible. That's a, whole lot of people listening to my driveling nonsense. So uh, it's not just my wife anymore. I'll let her know that she's not alone as far as uh, being subject to just, just a lot of nonsense, just a lot of stupidity. Uh, speaking of nonsense, no, I'm just kidding. Any mock draft nonsense, but a lot of fun. Not you, Mark. You're not nonsense. We appreciate you. Um, if you could lend any three players, realistic prospects at 64, 75, and 96, who do you got? This is so tough for me because who the hell knows who's going to be there at 64? Shout out to David Cromello because he was with me this morning and I was a little bit at my wits end. He's like, oh, those guys might not be there. Nobody knows. Nobody. Yeah. Guys, obviously, I'm not mocking Aiden Hutchinson at 64, Sauce Gardner at 75, and Evan Neal at 96. Yeah. But <laughs> there's not? like a, I mean, God, <laughs> that means something went wrong. Then I'd have questions like, wait a second. <laughs> what did they do? Um, yeah. Uh, but nobody knows what's going to happen as far as that far down the draft. Cause all it takes is one team to love a guy. You know, I keep seeing, you know, uh, gosh, who's a guy that keeps ending up there that I like in that range. Josh Pascal, somebody at 52 could love him. The char- charter is round two. Uh, do they have a second round pick? Cause they traded for Mac either way. Somebody like that could uh, take him and he's not there anymore. Even though he's been there in every mock draft simulator, like you don't know. Or right. let's say somebody like, um, who was it last year that fell? Jeremiah was Broncos country, loving the small guy. Who's essentially a safety to play linebacker. Um, he falls all the way to middle around two because he has a heart condition. Not in any mock drafts. You don't know that. You didn't know that information until after the draft. Yet there he is, falls down the board. So we don't know. Um, so realistic is impossible to say because it could it could make us look really stupid in hindsight. That right. said, we can go off the information that we have right now. What do you think, Carl? 64, 75, and 96. I, I mean, you mentioned him. Pascal is, is a guy that would be, be great there at 64. Um, you know, leader fits well with the athletic profile that you're looking for, for the Broncos uh, a little bit on the smaller side on some things, but you know, again, he, he's going to have a year to really develop as a player. And I, I think the Broncos would absolutely love him. And Travis, thank you so much on the the 15,000 listeners. That is huge guys. <clears throat> we are, we are absolutely humbled that you guys just are here every week listening to us and, and sticking with us through all of the the dribble that we, we throw out there for sure. Um, but we do, we appreciate it all guys. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think he would be one, um, trying to think of some others that I would really love Jalen Petrie. I know okay. a lot of, he, he's kind of marked mocked all over the place. Um, but he'd be one that kind of safety corner hybrid guy that can kind of be all over the field for you, you know, for Baylor, just, you love watching just his energy that he brings and, and I love seeing Baylor go from that, like terrible team to all of a sudden they're in the big 12 championship. And, and Petra was a big part of that, you know, just seeing his leadership really kind of take over for him. I'd love that for the Broncos secondary. All right. Uh, my 64, this is who knows this guy could go in the first round. Um, but Travis Jones at 64, God bless sign me up. He is a height, weight, speed monster. Um, if Jordan Davis wasn't in this class, we'd be talking about him a lot. I think he could go top 40. It feels like cheating, but I, I don't think there's another player outside of Jordan Davis in this draft who can do what he does. And I think he's athletic enough where he could actually play that four eye five technique position with DJ Jones lining up in the nose. And my biggest concern with DJ Jones, lack of length, a little bit smaller, totally engulfed by Akeem or wow. I was almost gonna say my comparison by Travis Jones. You could use him like an Akeem Hicks, but who is like, Oh, that's a nose tackle body. He's playing five technique four eye. He's a good enough athlete. Um, six, I mean, Akeem Hicks, what, 6'6", 330? I think you could use Travis Jones that way, and then you could be playing like a 5'15 style of defense. Um, so that 64 would be amazing. We'll see if that happens. 75 then, Josh Pascal. Uh, I've seen him go somewhere around there. I love his body, uh, his type of play. Um, I wish he was a little bit longer, but he's a power rusher. He had a top five 10-yard split at the combine. He had explosive jumps at 260. I mean, a lot of times you see the guys with his jumps and 40, running are testing at about 245, 250, and he's like at 265. 
Um, also beat cancer, uh, locker room leader, love him. And then at 96, a guy that the Broncos just had mocked to them at pick 64 by Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, uh, Cam Taylor Britt, love him, length, tackle, team leader, versatile, off coverage. I mean, if they took him at 64, I'd, I'd honestly get it. I think that's something, oh, I think he's going to play safety. He, he could play safety, but I think that's more of a testament of his all-around game and physicality and processing than it is him not being the athlete to land or stay at the cornerback spot. He can stay at corner. He's a good enough athlete, so that'd be ideal for me. Let's say another guy I debated at 64 is uh, Tyler Smith. Um, I know that he had a bleep ton of penalties at uh, Tulsa, but he's only 20 years old. He's had very little good coaching. Uh, his technique is all over the place, but nobody, I guess outside of Ike McQuanu, no other player has the level of power and strength that he has. And he's a good mover and he's got the requisite body type and arm length. And the best thing about him at 64, you don't need to see him this year, put him on ice. And if he's not ready, that's great. I don't care. I don't need my 60, my future great tackle who, if he's not ready to play, cause he's only 21 years old. Um, you don't have to put him in a situation where he has to play. That's amazing that you can do that with him. So, uh, and also I think some people are like, Oh, he's a better run blocker than pass protector. It's a tired perspective in my opinion, where you're, Oh, I need to draft p- passing personnel for my quarterback with Russell Wilson. If you have such dominant run personnel that other teams have to play cover one or cover three and dictate guys to the box, that's actually helping your quarterback because he has better looks down the field to create explosive plays. So um, those are some guys that I'd like there for my ideal mock draft. We'll see how it plays out. Right. We got Tom coming in here with the 499 super chat. Thank you so much, Tom. Just glad we won't be running the clock out with three minutes left in the half because we don't trust our quarterback. Mm-hmm. Clock management will be better. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. Is I, I think it's one of those, it's both, you got to trust your quarterback to actually go make some plays, but at the same time, sometimes you got to be willing to take some risks to go score some points in those big moments. Yeah. And and having Russell Wilson here, oh, I can't wait to watch those plays. You know, again, when, when the offense was on the field, you're just kind of hoping – Please just don't turn it over. Please just get one first down so that the the defense doesn't have to come right back out on the field. Do something. Flip some field position. Now it's, hey, I think we can go score every single time. And and that's just such a great feeling to have now. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've had a lot of fun with you guys today. Also, Robert coming or uh, Tom coming back in here saying uh, Lucas, Pascal, Zion McCollum for his guys. Uh, Definitely a good grouping of players there. I'm curious to see if uh, Cam Taylor Britt would be there um, instead of Zion McCollum. Maybe wait until 115, 116 for Zion because there's a bunch of cornerbacks in that range that I kind of like. Um, another guy that I absolutely adore is uh, Alante Taylor from Tennessee. Kind of the off coverage length, good tackler, can play safety or cornerback or slot. I mean, that's what you want from your cornerbacks in the scheme. Honestly, you need to be versatile because there's going to be a lot of off coverage. And there's going to be a lot of situations where you have to tackle. So, Boom. That's a guy who could do that cornerback and probably do that at safety too. So uh, thank you so much, Tom, for the super. We got uh, Clayton coming in saying great show guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Lawrence also saying been slacking. Sorry guys getting ready for a funeral this weekend has been kicking my butt. Miss you guys. We miss you too, Lawrence. That's you got to take care of stuff though, man. That's right. That's priority. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Broncos draft coverage with building the Broncos is up there. But fam- family and stuff for family, right. friends, taking care of your own house is definitely number one. So right. we appreciate we just, you very much. Go ahead. Girl. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We just appreciate you tuning in here just even for, for a minute or two and, and just, you know, those kind of comments, um, you know, hope um, your time with your family is a, a time of blessing for you guys. And uh, even under the circumstances, I'm sorry that's going on. Yeah, Absolutely. Clayton coming in here saying, what a great way to top off the night. Greatest show. That's super nice of you. Thank Aww. you so much of you to say. Mark Lindemode all saying, been missing my MHH family live. Yeah, we miss you too, Mark. Um, but he says, uh, work has been brutal this year. Still catching the shows on YouTube and Scott's show, Forging the Falcons. You guys are the best. Mark, you're the best. Also, Ruben's been coming in with a few questions. Want to get to Ruben before we get on out of here. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, Ruben, um, definitely would be great to get a good punter. I'm curious to see what you uh, have to say as well. I know that you were claiming for... Um, uh, gosh, the cook cook running back from Georgia there. Uh, we'll see what happens with him there. I wouldn't take him at 64. Uh, he's a little bit light. I think he's a good fit, but like I probably wouldn't take him until pick nine 96. And if he goes before that, then God bless him. Good luck uh, wherever team you go. But uh, again, I think he weighed less than 200 pounds, which for running back is very concerning for me because right. you're going to be taking on free rushers in this league and you're going to want to get guys in the box. And I think bigger body types at the running back position, you probably 
probably dictate more guys in the box uh, from opposing defenses. Right. He did come in for a 30, one of the top 30 visits with the Broncos and his brother Dalvin was drafted with George Payton in the building. So yeah. uh, there are some connections there for sure, but, and, and he's a talented player. So I, I could understand the Broncos wanting to go that direction, but you're right. He is on the lighter side, but you know, he does add a, a dynamic to the offense that right now is kind of missing. Yeah. Um, and also we got Mark 91 coming in saying, thanks for the content. My son is stationed overseas and he's a big Broncos for breakfast uh, since it lines up with the schedule. That is so cool, Mark. I know that we've heard a lot from uh, our international fans um, on that, but uh, hearing, you know, our men and ladies in service uh, across seas also enjoying that time slot with the morning show. We weren't sure what that would look like, but uh, the fact that there's some people out there, especially um, in our armed forces uh, enjoying that and enjoying the content is honestly incredible. Um, just to being able to offer those guys an escape, tell them, tell them to join in the conversation. I don't know if he can or anything like that, but uh, that's great. Give him a shout out for, uh, from us as well. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. We appreciate the heck out of you. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. I got, I'm on dinner duty tonight, so I better get on on that. But uh, Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? Are you going to go back for uh, leftovers? <laughs> no, I probably should go run some of this off. I actually, I'll probably go read some books to my kids. They all said they wanted me to to read them bedtime stories, so uh, I think that's where I'm heading straight after this. They're they're trying to get to bed right now. Hmm. My my ring doorbell's been going off because it shows hey they're heading downstairs, and uh, so I, I think that's that's my priority right now. And if I still have some energy. Might go for a run just to earn myself a couple more ribs. Oh, Carl, that sounds so good. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, make sure you guys are following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummler MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, follow us at BTB Football Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you guys are following us on Facebook, joining our communities there. It's well beyond the podcast. There are a lot of fan generated content and discussion that you'll want to be a part of if you are a member of Broncos country. Uh, join us there at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And uh, like I said, we just passed uh, 15,000 subscribers on mile high huddle, which is an incredible and a testament to you guys and everybody who's, uh, you know, joining this and God, we've been through the ringer uh, these last few seasons. So appreciate the heck of you guys. Make sure you're joining us on YouTube by subscribing to the channel, mile high huddle, liking the show, liking this exact show right now as well, if you haven't done so yet, and sharing it to your social media channels as well. Um, you guys have a great rest of your day. Uh, hopefully enjoy the weather while it's the sun's still up here. It's still nice and bright. We're starting to get the days are getting all of a sudden, just the days are long here. It's great. Um, appreciate you guys, though. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Let's ride. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.